This is Canary in a Coal Mine, a Yellowbird podcast. The show about underrated, sometimes peculiar, but mostly well-meaning ways we keep safe in a risky world. A pleasure to, to have you. So, Charlie Zavalia, fantastic to see you. Thank you for coming out here. Where are you living today, and what's your story from a location perspective? Where's home? Um, so I would say I live in two locations, uh, both uh, Pasadena, California, and Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, home to me, being a traveler, I mean, I would say it's divided between those two areas. I have, you know, the the ability to travel up there to Los Angeles and do my safety inspections, and also come down to the beautiful area of uh, Valley of the Sun in <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona. Um, which I absolutely love, working on migrating to the area. Excellent. Now, where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. All right. I grew up there. I grew up in the heat. Mm-hmm. So you're used to it here. Oh, yes, <laughs> most definitely. Awesome. So we here at Yellowbird, we have a, a theme. It's one of our core values, which is keep it spicy. So our, our And spicy in our world is just fun and energetic and just doing things a little bit different, but also having some zeal to life. Mm-hmm. So we always ask, you know, what's your favorite spice? So do you have a favorite spice that you particularly like? A favorite um, in terms of hot sauce? Yeah, or- yeah, seasonings or spices for cooking or anything like that. You like to cook? I do. I love to cook. I am Italian, so uh, it runs in the blood. Yes. Um, I go on the hotter side with the habanero, the nice. chili pepper, and nice. so the Calabrian Chili pepper. Mm, good stuff. You, yeah. you uh, grow them yourself or? I don't. My mother does. That's uh, a, yeah. I used to when I was in California. We'll talk about that uh, at some point, but uh, nice. not easy to grow things here as much as it is. You, you've got to be very gifted mm-hmm. to grow things here. Tell us about your story. Like, How did you end up in the safety world and on Yellowbird? Gotcha. Yeah, it's a really interesting story, actually. I um, did a little bit of real estate and safety. Mm-hmm. I started in late 2017 as an entry-level loss control consultant. I did all the, you know, the entry-level stuff with the property and kind of learned the ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through some of the worst routes. <laughs> <laughs> I had all the the difficult routes through the snow, through the rain, the curvy highways. Yep. Um, and I slowly worked my way up to becoming mid-level. And now I'm doing senior-level loss control consulting and also safety inspections. Hmm. Um, Throughout that, I did supplement my income with uh, part-time property management and home inspections. Okay, yeah. So that gave me a lot of background and understanding buildings and safety of buildings as well as structures, you know, in terms of commercial and also residential. Now, now, when you were doing loss control assessments and surveys, even in the earlier days, were you working for an insurance company or for a corporation or mm-hmm. who were you doing this for? Um, so I was independent from the start. Mm-hmm. I worked a lot. I worked with great companies like National Risk and Safety, Alexander mm-hmm. Schmidt. Yeah. Um, I can say they really built that foundation for me to grow into my career. And nice. Uh, working with other entities like Yellowbird and you know, zero accident consulting mm-hmm. uh, really has grown my ability and also uh, my ability to learn, you know, more things in the industry. And Yeah. Um, so you're saying earlier before we started recording that you're passionate about um, changing the the culture of blame in in safety. And I find that to be such a big subject and a an important subject. 
So how did you focus in on that? I love it. But how did you decide, like, this is what I, I really want to try and dedicate my life to? Like, how, how did you evolve into that focus? Yeah, there's a few a few things that actually led me to that. One of the main reasons I am a driver, I see a lot of accidents on a daily basis. It's like we can work together to avoid that and move away from blaming the driver or the person that, you know, that was involved in the accident. Right. And kind of go into it with a learning mind and looking at everything, you know, from the start all the way to the finish and piecing things together as a learner instead of an analyzer. Yes. Um, and also I want to credit the University of Alabama at Birmingham mm-hmm. and their studies online have really helped me understand more of how to do that process yes. versus me just saying, hey, I don't want to do this. They've kind of given me that roadmap. Since. No, that's that's fantastic. So you mentioned they have a process that they're focused on. When you, when you work for clients, whatever that client is, what do they eat? How do they make sure that you are ready to serve them in their need? I mean, everybody has different goals on loss control surveys or field surveys or assessments or whatever it is that you're doing for them. Do you have a standard process that you run them through? Do they have a standard process that they want you to follow? How does that work? So I would say everything is tailored to that industry. And that's my goal as a company, you know, as a person, like, what do you need? I have the process, but everyone's different. I mean, we have a diverse world out there and it's like, tell me your story. Let me get to know you and then let me provide you with the service that your company needs exactly. As we have developed Yellowbird, you know, we started here in Phoenix and, you know, COVID hits and all of a sudden we said, well, what are we going to do as a company? Um, We've just gotten to revenue a few months before COVID hits and we didn't do the traditional marketplace thing where supposed to supposed to according to the venture capital community mm-hmm. supposed to open market by market but everything went out the window with covid because nothing was the same and so we just opened nationwide and we grew rapidly and so we have lots of professionals like yourself that we're very blessed to have on the platform that are very capable and competent and we want to make sure we really highlight your secret sauce and your skills and your talents and it's difficult because one of the things that happens when you start doing programs, and this is why I asked the question, it's setting an expectation for that client that we can tell the professional, this is what a five-star looks like. This is what success looks like. And often you go to the customer and you say, well, what are you looking for? And like, oh, high quality. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, high quality is fantastic. Can you expound upon that? Well, no, they're loss control professionals. They'll know. Mm. And it's like, no, that is a recipe for disaster. Mm. So one of the things that we've been trying to do, which is why I asked the the question, um, because I don't get to talk to pros very often, uh, you know, face-to-face in my office, which is so exciting, Mm -hmm. is how do we set the expectation and how do we make sure that you feel comfortable, that you have everything that you need? Mm -hmm. Uh, to go and do a job that you kind of feel like, okay, I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. So are there like bare minimum things that you think are mightily important when you're going to go out to a job? Mm-hmm. What do you focus on just to know that you're going to actually not get an upset customer, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I like to understand the company as a whole, what they do, a little bit of background of what they're looking for. 
because I, I see different clients uh, want different services. Mm -hmm. um, some want to focus on worker safety. Others want to improve the safety of their buildings in terms of fire protection, right. et cetera. You know, so everyone is different out there. It's like, what do they need? A little bit of background on them. Um, how can I best serve them and their needs? Um, as safety professionals, you know, we have a, a general array of things we work on. Sure. And, you know, we can provide anywhere from worker safety to, you know, ADOSH and, you know, OSHA and all of those things. But mm -hmm. exactly what do they need so I can go there and give them that experience right. that they're looking for. And also, you know, they're looking for that. So I'm not going in there saying, hey, do this. And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. You know? Right. Right. I'm actually going in there and they're saying, yes, we need this, you know, that match. Yeah. So for assessments, I guess it's it's a little bit easier because you, your client is actually not the client that you're going to generally. Like you're there or or you're being sent by headquarters, you're being sent mm -hmm. by the insurance company or by somebody else. But when you go there and there's somebody who, I won't say failed because it's not a nice way of saying it, but they're responsible for the program, then you're coming in and you're realizing that there's some deficiencies that need to be improved on. Mm -hmm. How do you transition this, as you called it, the cycle of blame, mm -hmm. right? How do you get away from the defensiveness and being on the same side of the table as, as you are? Have you found any tricks or things or processes that work? Because it's an issue that everybody has. I really believe that. That's you know, you're a random person coming into a third party location and trying to help be helpful without making them completely defense, you know, defensive about. Mm -hmm. Have you found anything that's uniquely uh, kind of a secret sauce that you like to do or that you'd be willing to tell us, of course? I've ran into so many situations where my clients have been, you know, the third party. I'm going in there as a third party inspector, like, they're like, okay, we don't want to fail. And I kind of tell them, I'm like, you know what? We're not failing. This is not a pass or fail inspection. We're learning. We're both learning here. Mm -hmm. And I go in and saying, I want to learn, let's say, for example, workers' comp. Right. I want to learn your processes for worker safety. What do you have in place? Like, how do you, you know, accident investigation? What are your procedures? You know, let me learn how you do things. Right. And I always say every recommendation is not a ding or, you know, a fail. Yeah. It's like a way so we can both grow. So I can learn as a safety professional mm. and you can learn as a leader in your workplace. And we can both work together and you can have a less amount of accidents, less amount of claims, and you can have a happier workplace. Yeah. It's all beneficial. We're not passing or failing here. We're learning, I think. Yeah, that's Love that attitude, by the way. That I wish more people had that attitude because that's a very important way to live your life in general. Of just stop. Nobody should be defensive. Just we all just want to improve. We all want to get better, right? Mm -hmm. So along those lines, so is there usually an incident or an event or some reason that you're being called out, or are people being proactive in hiring um, your service? I know you're you're just one person, and and so. You don't speak for the entire industry, but just from your perspective, has, do you find that people are becoming more proactive in this or is it kind of, all right, we, we had a, a deal that I got to address. <laughs> it's um, So for loss control, it's more for renewals and new businesses that are coming in. Okay. Uh, 
for safety is when they request it. Okay. They're looking for help. So it's really nice to see people, you know, wanting the service, being proactive, saying, how can we learn how to do this better? Yeah. And it kind of shows that eagerness to go in as a student. And I feel like, you know, anywhere you are in life, we're all students, we're all Mm -hmm. learning. And I like that, that they're going in saying, you know what, I, this happened to my worker two months ago, and then it happened again a week later. Like there is a trend and we need to stop this. You know, we have to go in and it's that complacency. It's that laziness. It's not any of those, you know, negative things. It's just, you know, we got to break away from saying, hey, we've done this for 25 years and just like going back to school. Yeah. I'm eager to learn, eager to see what's out there. And, you know, how can I improve? Like, so do you also do like remediate, like when you've identified areas of opportunity, do you also um, do like the remediation piece? So somebody, let's say that they have a, um, you find that they are not up to standard on forklift safety Mm -hmm. and they've got, you know, three shifts of eight people driving forklifts that all have different languages, mm-hmm. which happens often. And and it's turning over all the time. And so the people, you know, the folks you train today in a month are going to be different folks. And so you got to have an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. Do you do, like, when you go in and you identify these things, are you actively um, trying to create programs around those? Or is it one of those, there's a list of things and and you can determine what you do next. And of course, I'd love for love to help you. I mean, I get that, of course. But mm-hmm. how do you handle that when you have found a laundry list of some sort? Like, what is your what is your methodology? I don't think there's one way. So I'm just curious what your methodology is. Of course, yeah. For loss control, unfortunately, you know, because I am contracted by that company, I can't right. go there and offer my services as right. a third party. Yes. But for safety inspections, my company does have the ability to create those programs mm-hmm. and act as a, you know, as a guidance through those programs, like let's say ISO 45001, the new right. safety standard, mm-hmm. if they're looking to do that, or if I say, you know what, we can improve your company as a whole. Because this is a, you know, a standard that will hit every angle. Yeah, it's going to inspire worker participation. Like it's it's going to be a holistic approach to your safety in the company, or let's say they need more training. Yeah, you know, I can also go out there and put together safety talks and whatever they need. Personally, have you used subcontractors to help you execute? Like when you let's say a bigger company, have you used other folks to help you? You know, roll out these programs and again and. I hope you don't, you're not offended by it, but you are one person. So like you would be with a customer and you find, you know, 30 things that have to be done mm-hmm. and you have other clients, you've got to figure this out. So what do you do in that scenario? And I, it, by the way, if you say that you go to goyellbird.com, that will really make my day. But if you don't, you will next time. So, but what do you do today? And <laughs> yeah, no, that's like, how do I answer that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, so, I know I would. Um, I love referrals. I love giving people referrals. Anyone in the area that's trying to grow their company, there's a lot of people like me. You yes. know, the one person band. So it's yeah. you know, we're just out there trying to you know do as much as we can, and then it's like, hey, let's. Like I say, there's enough to go around. And there is. And I love to to help others out, like small businesses, yes. emerging companies. So if anything, 
let's say forklift safety. Mm -hmm. That's something that I'm currently working and getting certified in. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I refer it out to a person or a company that does that so they can be able to help them out. And we're all working together as a team. Love it. Mm -hmm. Love it. So one of your, you know, doing a little bit of research, talking to Abby and others. So, you know, the worker blame piece of the equation, and as you're discovering, I'm sure we've all discovered this, unfortunately, that there are some companies that are better at being orders and having an open mind and heart. And there are other people that are like always looking for somebody to make the fall guy, somebody to make, you know, to blame. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that subject and also any, you know, better practices that you think somebody might want to learn from on this podcast? Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, so worker blame and moving away from that is truly, I would say it's a process because we do have companies that have been operating for 25 to 50 years yeah. and they they have their own ways, they have their own processes. And it's hard to go in there as a consultant and say, hey guys, stop doing what you were doing yeah. for the past 50 years and listen to Charlie, like you know, yes. this is what you have to do. Right. It's more of how you train a puppy. And mm-hmm. it's more of getting to know the puppy, seeing what the you know, seeing what the puppy does. Mm-hmm. You know, and being able to teach and grow as well with them. Um, I have a book coming out called The Architecture of Workplace Change. Mm, awesome. It should come out at December of this year. Excellent. And what I like to go into is showing first, hey, you know what? We got to recognize that we've stopped learning. You know, we've been doing this for 50 years. We've stopped learning. It's like, I mean, you know, when you are got your bachelor's degree and you're like, hey, I'm okay. I'm yep. You sure? Yeah. And then you come to that certain point where it's like, oh my goodness, like, I don't have these opportunities that I want. This is yeah. happening over here. And it translates back into the workplace. Like, why am I having so many accidents? Like, why is it, why did I just have a 20% turnover this year? Right. So on and on, I'm doing everything right. Like I've yeah, I've grown with these practices. Like right. th- these are like our foundation of the company. What's going on? And for me, it's like okay, that's like you know when you're driving, you're, you you got to come, got to come to a stop. Mm-hmm. Got to say okay, there's a reason why this is happening. I need to take the step to grow. I mm-hmm. need to take the step to learn. Instead of being frustrated with oneself or the workers, it's like, okay, I'm the leader, I'm the safety professional, I, you know, have my group of people, this is no longer working and we have to come into acceptance and that's a hard thing for anyone to do, to accept that we've stopped growing. That is very difficult to do. What I'm most impressed with is how it feels that nobody here stops growing and learning, which I love. We have 5,000 plus people on the platform. And I mean, certifications and licenses and continuing education. And yourself, you just said, yeah, you're going through the process of becoming a forklift trainer because you've obviously seen that need and you want to make sure you can do that for, mm-hmm. for, your, for your folks. I love this industry because of that, because the downside with this industry is most people don't represent themselves as well as they could. It's hard, especially when you have so much background. Mm-hmm. And so, that, I mean, that's our mission is to represent you in the best light that we possibly can and to solve inefficiency issues and make sure that you payment faster and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
if it doesn't start foundationally with people who want to learn and grow, mm-hmm. it's it's all for naught. I mean, there's no there's nothing for us to offer, right? Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you are writing for ASSP. I am. Fantastic. Yes. Congratulations, by the way. And Thank not you. not everybody is selected to do that. So that's mm-hmm. a wonderful thing. What are you uh, what are you writing on? If you can elaborate. If you can't, I totally understand. <laughs> of course, yes. Um, so the first publication, um, which I am honored to write for the PSJ, it is amazing. Something I didn't think was going to happen. Um, woke up one day three weeks ago to the acceptance of awesome. this article. Um, no PSJ for the people who are not who are not uh, familiar. Mm-hmm. What is what is it? A professional safety journal. It's a um, anonymous, peer-reviewed mm-hmm. journal, yeah. and um, safety professionals do have the opportunity to share their insight and their background. Um, certain topics that are hot in the industry, you know, such as worker blame, hops, uh, human organizational performance, yep, and uh, just DEI, different topics that yep. you know we can all learn from. And um, one of my, let me pull up that article right now so I can tell you a little bit more about it all right and while you and while you are you mentioned dei and um safety which is an area that i'm particularly active in and i love and um i focus primarily on disabilities mm-hmm. um one because as you've seen and know i was born without uh, right hand and so i'm you know i'm a i'm active in the disability community but i also think a lot about the responsibility of safety in the physically limited um, community in DEI. You know, we've talked about several things here. We've obviously talked about bias and in danced around that a bit. We also talked about language. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, you know, physical disability and the way people have always done things, which some of these guidelines and laws and for the better have come into place, but people aren't living up to it. So is there an area within DEI that you are, um, that you are passionate about? Mm-hmm. So one of my main things is inclusion mm-hmm. in the DEI section, um, just because I do go into workplaces and I see how things, I do the walkthrough, I see their policies, I hear about their culture. And one of the things that I see is I see that, you know, leaders are more open to talking to people that have more of a background, you know, that are more experienced. Mm-hmm. And I always see that certain people that may be a little shy to speak right. up or may have, you know, be, or may be working with a disability. Right. I have ADHD myself, mm. um, so yeah. I understand how it is, yeah. you know, sure. being like a little tense, not being able to completely get everything out, you know? Yeah, sure. I feel like they're left behind. I feel like they're not given the opportunity to go ahead and, and speak, you know, their background, their knowledge and something that could potentially create a solution for a hazard or mm-hmm. safety in the workplace. And Fascinating. I see it like when someone's at a concert, mm-hmm. you know, like we can all see, but then there's the ones that can't see, Yep. you know, and we have to bring everyone to that platform so we can all see what's going on and we yeah. can all participate. And inclusion's, I mean, significant. That's okay. fantastic. It's such a great mission to be on. So you were looking up your ASSP article. So I'd love to get more detail since you since you looked it up. I was. Yeah. So the manuscript that will be coming out in December of this year mm-hmm. called the Safety Professionals Roadmap to Workplace Trust and Psychological Safety. Huh. A huge topic, a you know, a significant topic for me 
is the you know the um the mindset of the worker yes how they feel internally uh, we can get hurt externally we can you know have a repetitive motion injury we can have a back injury but one thing that gets overlooked is psychological safety mm -hmm. how are we feeling mentally you know are we able to express ourselves mm. or do we feel anxious can we not go to the supervisor because if we say hey you know what I, I see that there's this hazard over here are we going to be pushed away are they going to follow through right you know are they just going to put it on the back burner mm -hmm. and i think it all starts with leadership with being able to see where we're at as leaders as safety professionals in the workplace and say hey you know what i need to create the trust yeah i need to create that culture of trust you know being able to invite everyone hearing what they're saying mm -hmm. you know inspiring the ability to provide feedback right i was working on a forklift today and i see this hazard over here process automation i see this hazard over here can we work maybe an ergonomics program right you know maybe we can if something's spaniel can we move to process automation what's in the right. budget you know and everyone's working as a team mm -hmm. and everyone feels comfortable yeah hey, i'm heard you know i suggested this to to my supervisor and now it's being implemented now we're doing it you yeah know, it's real and yeah that creates that inclusion, that creates that strong safety culture we're all working towards. And that's my goal with this article that's coming out here in a few months. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's a uh, fantastic uh, article. I can't wait to read it. And I love the message because it's not easy to accomplish, but we all have to be focused on it, um, whether you're in a warehouse or you know, on a construction site or even in an office space like we are today, you know, hearing people, really hearing them and having them feel comfortable, making sure that the people feel safe, that they can say something without feeling any repercussions. Mm -hmm. That's always the hardest thing. It's not that people don't see things. It's what's going to be the reaction to me saying something. And that's not an easy cultural shift to make, mm -hmm. but commend you for it. So thank you, Shirley, for joining us. This is fantastic. You are a Yellowbird professional, and, and people can ask for you in Arizona or in Los Angeles for your services. So, uh, as everybody knows, but I'll repeat it, that when you open a job on Yellowbird, you can request a pro by uh, by name. So, you know, put Charlie in there, and uh, you know her, and you'd like her to do some work for you. We'll be happy to have facilitate that successful engagement. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure, honestly. Thank you. Thank you for coming out. This has been Canary in a Coal Mine, a Yellowbird podcast. Thank you to our Canary Club partners, Veriforce, Safepedia, Safety Talk Ideas, Columbia Southern University, Soil Connect, Billy for Insurance, Salute Safety, and Insperity.